Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. St. Paul, the fan. Hey, what's up, man? Brother, what's up? This is a big party, man. I think anyone who puckers up their lips and presses it against their boss's buttocks and then smooches is an ass kisser. I seem to be inept at everything except my work. I'm good at my work. So I confine myself to that. All I want out of life is a 30 share and a 20 rating. The man's enlarged my mind. Uh, he's a poet, warrior, in the, in the classic sense. Uh, I'm a little man. I'm a little man. He's, he's a great man. Think of it as colors. There's black and there's white. And in between is mostly gray. That's us. Now, gray is a tough color because it's not as simple as black and white. And for the media, certainly not as interesting. But it's who we are. program between now and six o'clock tonight it's a three-hour tour for reasons we'll get into a little bit later bumper to bumper is the name of the show i am the host my name is dan barrero joined as is often the case these days by brett blakemore guards preparing for duties on golden go for women's basketball on one of our sister stations and um it's a very distinguished guest lineup today the borton volvo guest lineup is outstanding and um occasionally we hit the ground running and this is one of those occasions Chris Carter kind enough to join us via the Connecticut Water Systems hotline. Mr. Carter, how are you, sir? Very good, Dan. How are you? We're doing very well, thank you. I got a little bit of a voice problem, a little bit of a cold, but you know me, a gamer. Just like you. I mean, you never sat. You never, it didn't matter. What was the most significant football injury you played through? Um, the high angle sprain, I think in, yeah, the high angle sprain 98 season. Oh, 98. I didn't even remember that. Your high ankles are tough on no, receivers. No. I, I tore both my calves in the first four weeks of season 98 season. Yeah. Ooh, I don't even remember that either. Man. That, these yeah, days, these oh. days you'd be out for like two years. But now, back yeah. then it was different, huh? Well, I don't. I wouldn't have come on the radio and tell people that I was under the weather and my voice and everything. <laughs> that I would compare myself to a Hall of Famer. Yeah, yeah. And then now it's trying to compare me to the guys that play now. They're very, very soft because they don't <laughs> practice very much. But yeah, I see what you're doing. Yeah, you're yeah. Very, you're, you're, that, this is what you do. I do, and I yeah, see. This is why I miss having you on to get me going, to put me in my place, to battle. It's uh, it's it's good. Although there's a very specific. 
reason. I mean, I'd like to think you're talking to us out of the goodness of your heart because you always love being on. But there may be more to it in this case because I'm told you got a lot of events coming up in town uh, later this week, starting with the uh, St. Paul annual Rice Park Holiday Tree Lighting. That's on the, uh, November uh, 10, and you're a big part of that. Is that correct? Yes. Yes, I'll be there promptly at 530 Historic Rice, Rice Park. First 200 cars for free. Mm. Um, we have other celebrities singing, entertainment. The mayor will be there, but I partnered with Salvation yep. Army, and this is not only the lighting of the Christmas tree, but it's the start of the Red Kettle kickoff season where annually we raise more than $2 million a year for distressed families around the world. So um, my situation has been chronicled as far as how I grew up. Salvation Army was there for me. So now this opportunity to build a partner with them, to build and bring love, joy, peace, and goodwill during the holiday season. Um, that's why I'm coming back to Minneapolis and looking forward to meeting and seeing a lot of people in downtown St. Paul. Outstanding. It starts, I think, promptly at 5.30 p.m. in historic yeah. Rice Park. And I'm told you're also going to be ringing the bell at the Red Kettle at one of my favorite uh, stores in the Twin Cities, a Shields in Eden Prairie on Saturday. Is that correct, 10 a.m.? Yes, I will be there from 10 to noon. I'm looking forward to it. Um, I told people, yes, I'll be out there. I'll be ringing it. Yes, we we got all time of different ways to be able to take your cash now, but it really helps out a lot of different people. And when I was a youngster, um, Salvation Army, especially during the, the holiday season, through a local church, was able to bless my family and my mom with seven kids, and they were to give us gifts um, and give us food and give us some of the necessary items that we needed. And now we're trying to bring it full circle where we're able to help people in the Twin Cities area um, where I was blessed to be able to launch my career and have a great career and meet a lot of people who really invested a lot in my life. That Shields in Eden Prairie is the same spot from which we do our annual Toys for Tots drive. We'll be broadcasting live from there all day on December 5. That's been a very nice marriage between um, Toys for Tots, Shields, and and the fan, mm-hmm. and we've come. We get great crowds out there. In fact, year most years we've had the last several years, we've had uh, Jay, uh, Justin Jefferson out there with us as well. I don't know if it'll add up again this year. Uh, let Let's also start with him. Uh, you know, I guess the the Vikings have confirmed that they're going to start the twenty one day window to activate JJ. They're still giving the indication that it's unlikely that it would be aggressive to think that he would play as early as Sunday against the uh, the Saints. Um, you're a great pulled hamstring mind, I think. Does that make sense to you to be extra cautious, or do you think they're, the, the Vikings are playing possum with the New Orleans Saints about this week, this Sunday game? Well, I think hamstring injuries are very, very difficult. and I mean, they can have a life of their own. Um, you do want to be able to get it under control. Um, if he's never had hamstring problems in the past, that's definitely helpful. But what you don't want to do is start the process and then he re-injured, get some more blood flow because obviously it was a severe pull of a hamstring. You know, to me, I never encountered something like that because I was too slow. So you have to be very <laughs> fast to pull a hamstring. See, that's something you would never know. No. So I would never. Uh, I would definitely. Walsh, he used to. He used to have to be worried about stuff like that. Jake Reed, but but not myself. Chris Walsh. Uh, we we didn't have to worry <laughs> about things like that. 
Uh, I don't know if you're a betting man. I don't know if you're a guy who likes to place bets in Vegas. But if you were, would you have placed much of a wager on the Vikings going 4-0 and the last four weeks without J.J.? I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. I'm more impressed with the four games that they won, given the personnel, given the adversity that they faced and the way the defense played, more so than the 14 games that they won last year. Mm. Interesting. And the reason, because we see a lot of people in the league that they can catch lightning in the bottle, have a good season, have a good half a season. But to see adversity, especially with a young head coach, and to see how he was able to orchestrate when we don't have personnel. How he, the first couple games without J.J., and the next couple games without Kurt, like that man knows offensive football. And the, Denny Green used to say this, I don't get concerned about how much football I know. I get concerned about how much football I can teach because how much a guy can teach is what's important. And um, you can tell that that limited conversation with Josh Dobbs, being able to explain the offense, being able to enunciate it to him, tell him where the ball potentially could go given the coverages and everything in Sunday's game, that was amazing. Like, that was amazing. And to be in NFL locker rooms and know how hard that process is and to be able to win that game, I mean, that was that was one of the most remarkable wins I've seen with, with the Vikings in my long, long history um, with them. And that goes back to coaching, communication, and the ability to be able to teach someone something who who visually has not gotten the reps. I I mentioned Monday. I thought it was definitely a top ten, and it's I got here in '86, so that's several decades now. And I I definitely think it's a top ten regular season victory for the Vikings in terms of the uh, how entertaining a game it was, how shocking the whole thing was as you laid out, the improbable nature of losing the original backup, the guy you intended to play the whole game, I think. He gets hurt early, and then you bring in the guy that you just signed a few days ago who hasn't even worked with the center, hasn't even really worked with the first team at all during the few practices that he was around. What, what, impressions, what impression had Dobbs made uh, of you or from you over the course of the time you had watched him? Because I have to admit, I had not watched him enough or, or at all to even have an impression. Um, what did you know about him before he, 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 he hit the field last week? All right. This is what um, I've, I've done this with the Vikings, especially with the offensive personnel that we've had the last 30 years. It's been some of the best offensive personnel that, that you can have in pro football. And what I saw was he had subpar personnel. Like, they were not consistent in the passing game, running game in Pittsburgh. So even when he got a chance there, it was not a chance. There's no way the personnel that he has seen anywhere he has been has been good as the personnel that we put on the field, even with our injured personnel and J.J. not being there. I know Brad Johnson used to talk about it all the time. Brown, Brian Billick, when yep. he left the Vikings, he used to talk about it. Moss used to talk about it. Man, like... I can't find personnel like we had, and that's why quarterbacks are able to have some success. So I believe that with elite personnel and game planning, you know, he's a better quarterback than indicated. And now with the dual threat possibility of it, you know, I'm excited to see what he's able to do the rest of the season and does he have a future with the Vikings because, you know, we got to make a lot of decisions and decisions about the quarterback, you know, are paramount to our future. 
and our ability to be able to compete in the NFC. We're going to get to that because I'm very curious to get some of your views on that now. But um, the dual threat part, I think, stood out to a lot of us because that's not been as good as Cousins was playing, especially the last few games. That obviously isn't him. That's just not necessarily. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. A strength and... You know, it's been a while, and he's been the QB here for a while. So it was, I think, kind of refreshing to see a guy uh, kill a defense, especially a defense when it was playing man-to-man coverage, basically say, okay, you're going to turn your heads. I, I'm not going to be fear uh, taking off. How does a running quarterback, the way the league is set up now, thread the needle of taking advantage of that talent without making it likely that, well, yeah, you're going to get your head torn off and and then that talent's going to go away. If you look at the running quarterbacks that we have and the recent success, Jalen Hurts there in Philadelphia, I say that he's the ultimate dual threat if, if you don't consider Patrick Mahomes a dual threat. Right. Because Patrick Mahomes is so good in the pocket that, He's a pocket quarterback who's a great athlete. But what made the difference in a couple Super Bowls was his ability to be able to run the football. Now, I do think people in their history, that's like, oh, when you have a pocket passer, you want a dual threat. But these guys have not, besides Jalen, had a lot of success in the playoffs. Look at Lamar. Look at his success, lack of success in the playoffs. No one's hosted that trophy, um, you know, being a, a dual threat. You know, Steve Young was a pocket passer when he finally won. So I think the history of the league is against you. Um, if you look at Richardson, the rookie from Florida, oh, yeah, he's a dual threat. He's banged up. He's running. He's getting car accidents <laughs> every week. Yeah. He's on injured reserve. Like, do you want that? No, we don't want that because Justin Jefferson doesn't reach his potential if, if the guy is back there running. You can't develop the pass. And, you know, to winning in the National Football League will be done from the pocket with the ability to elude, give yourself more time. It will always be a Joe Burrows prototype league. Patrick Mahomes stay in the pocket. Josh Allen, yes, are the athletes better? But the ones who are winning and lifting the trophies are in the pocket. So I do understand with Vikings fans what they saw and the ability to take advantage of it in a week, but that's not advanced in the playoffs. That's not winning the division. That's not doing things like that. So I do believe you can do that, but the history says get a pocket passer, and I think that's why our passing game has been so good the last four years, even though people complain about Kirk Cousins. Look at the numbers that the guys have put up, and that's because there's consistency in throwing the ball in the pocket. Um, Where does running – come into this sort of thing. They, the, the, the Vikings, I think, uh, are first in the league, and I think they, they run 25% of the time, somewhere around there. And even last year, they were mainly a passing team. That was their strength. They did have Dalvin Cook last year, who wasn't consistently great, but did have a number of breakaway runs that helped them win ball games. And to this point, really, they've not been able to establish anything consistently on the ground 
Is the league wide set up differently where you don't have to obsess over that the way maybe teams did back when when you were playing, or is that an ongoing nagging concern for you going forward, especially with a a a, a quarterback who obviously has some ability but clearly could use all you know uh, the support he could get elsewhere? I think running the football will always be important in football. I think the only reason why the Vikings don't run it a lot because it's not one of their strengths. Um, if you look at our offensive line, we do not have a ginormous offensive line, a little undersized, athletic, and 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 good at pass protection. But we can be a little overwhelmed by bigger defensive fronts, Dallas, Philadelphia, the Rams. Um, some of these other teams, they really give us problems up front. Green Bay is giving us problems up front. So, I would say just be careful. I think now it's about first downs. How many first downs can we generate? Because you can throw the ball effectively sideways now better than ever. And you can do speed sweeps. You can do RPOs. So I think that first downs is, is a better indicator. And the only reason why teams don't run the ball is because they can't run the ball. But there's a physical presence that running it that sends a message to the opposition. And it slows down the defense, and it sets up other things that you can do offensively. So um, I don't see anyone in the league saying, hey, you know something, we run it great, but we're going to throw it instead. No, that's not the case. Chris Carter is uh, chatting with us here early in the program. A couple of big events coming up, which we'll get back to as we wrap up with Chris, that he is involved in with the Salvation Army, a very much of a passion for him over the years. Um, you mentioned the future at the quarterback position. It's easily the most intriguing question going forward. This was the one year where the Vikings didn't resolve it before the season began. They left it open-ended. I don't think that meant they were dismissing the possibility of Cousins coming back, but it did leave it more open-ended. Now it's even more open-ended because of the injury that he has suffered. So do you believe that injury makes it any more or less likely that he comes back with the Vikings than if he, let's say, just played well but did not get hurt. Does one thing have anything to do with the other in terms of the chance of him coming back here, signing here again? I think we're naive if we don't take any injury into consideration, uh, especially the seriousness of an Achilles injury. If it had been his ACL, MCL, I wouldn't be as worried. You know, People are coming back from them every day of the week. But given his age, given it, it is his plant leg compared to Aaron Rodgers, this is his lead leg. It's it's Kurt's right Achilles. It's Aaron Rodgers' left Achilles. Mm-hmm. So he's not taking that pounding on it with all those dropbacks. Aaron, of course, is, is older than Kurt. But you have to be able to consider, uh, look at the amount of money that the Vikings have invested in Kirk Cousins and also look at the amount of money it would take to be able to sign him. I mean, yeah. Two years, $100 million, $110 million, four years, two hundred. Like, And the number one sign is they got to get J.J. signed. <laughs> like, I don't care how many shirts J.J. wears about Kirk Cousins out there. This is about J.J. He's the best player on the team. And this would be his first time getting that contract that would secure his future generational wealth forever. It changes your family's life forever. Like, that should be their number one concern. Kirk Cousins, and because of the injury, I believe that will be second or third, but they have to look at drafting a quarterback either way. It's just a matter of how high that quarterback's going to be. 
And with him being injured, I do believe they'll draft a quarterback high. Do you believe, though, that what this that's the, the Jefferson complication is many people wondering whether his interest in locking in here long term, although it is going to be generational, you know, wealth. There's no doubt about that. Is going to be directly related to him having an idea that, well. Let's let's be honest. We're not going to be able to bring Kirk back, or we've decided that the money's too much, or we're too worried about, you know, his rehab, even if it looks encouraging. Which means, even if we draft somebody, um, hey, that realistically isn't going to come together immediately, unless you go maybe to the top of the draft, which would be pretty hard to do. So, where do you factor that in? Where Jefferson? is more likely to lose interest because of the open-endedness of not having Kirk Cut knowing he's going to have the same quarterback that he's been working with the last several years. Well, there's a couple things first. The number one thing, Justin Jefferson's not going anywhere. True. He's not thinking about going anywhere. There's no indication that he wants to go anywhere. So with that being said, if the Vikings come up with a contract that is comparable to the highest paid receiver in football. I believe they're going to be able to get him signed. I believe that they're in the same conversation, but they're different conversation. And, you know, Denny Green used to tell us, every man's in business for himself. Like, as much as you love your teammates and everything, but every man's got to be able to take care of his family, and that negotiation has to be taken care of by himself. Kirk Cousins has already made a, a grip of money. Now, is Kirk Cousins willing to come back at a reduced rate? Because if you look at what the going rate is, $50 million for the quarterback, $30 million for the receiver, salary cap lower, $210 million-ish, like you got $80 million wrapped up in the quarterback in the wideout. You're not going to win a Super Bowl that way. Mm-hmm. That's why Kansas City traded Tyree Hill, and then that contract came about $30 million. Patrick Mahomes continues to send as one of the highest paid was going to be even redoing his deal. But they couldn't coexist together. So you can't, or you wouldn't in good conscience, recommend that the Vikings pay what would be, you could say, the going rate for that very reason on, on bringing Cousins back. That, that, that you, for you, it would be, Kirk, we've tried to do well by you. You've done very well by no, us. No, no, and, no, no, no. We have done well by you. Yes. We've tried. Well, yes. We put spectacular talent around. Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. We we haven't tried. We have. Yeah, that's my point. That 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 if if he still says or his his people say no, 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 we 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 there's other teams interested. We're we're doing this the way we're going to do it. Uh, then you would not recommend. You'd say it's been great. We respect you. It's been a good marriage, but we're going to have to move on to something else. Yeah, Kirk Cousins is the guy who I think he is. And with the, if he has the relationship I think he has with the head coach and with J.J. and with K.J. and with the rookie, he would look out there on the rise and be like, man, I, I can throw the ball indoors. <laughs> like, when? Which, are you afraid of what's going on in Detroit? Are you afraid of what's going on in Chicago? Are you afraid of what's going on in Green Bay? Oh, no. Now is the best time to be in the NFC North if you're a Minnesota Vikings fan or a player. You know, so for me, you have to look at all those things. Like he's playing with a legendary player. Where is that available? 
Yeah, there's other teams out there, but there's a lot of other headaches and other things that he wouldn't have to deal with in Minnesota. I believe there's a number out there for Kirk Cousins that they can get him signed for, and him and J.J. can coexist and continue to build on the record-breaking relationship that they already have. Is Jefferson the best receiver in football? I watch Tyree Hill, and between the two of them, they do things that no one else in the league is doing. Um, I didn't think someone as fast as Tyreek Hill would be able to be an accomplished route runner and be able to catch the ball in traffic, in the air, do the things that he's doing. Like, I'm totally shocked how hard he's worked to get the skill level to be an accomplished wide receiver compared to a fast guy playing football. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. He does some amazing things week in and week out. And we see J.J., and we see what he does. He's the best route runner. His releases, his ability to be able to come across the middle, defeat the double team, make big plays, and the consistency of what we've seen. Those two right there are the best two that the National Football League presents. Last item, uh, and then we'll get back to what is bringing you to town later this week. Um, we, I think we last time we had you on, we talked, the, the Vikings had already hired uh, uh, Brian Flores, and um, you had talked about your own impressions of him, and part of, you know, one of your concerns, I think, was one of mine, which is, he can be great at what he does, but you still got to have a certain measure, certain level of talent. You're going to have to have enough players. I have mm-hmm. to say, over the course of the time he's been here, what I've seen him do without, I still think, not a great amount of talent has impressed me. And I think already, though, knowing Vikings fans the way they are, they're all assuming, well, yeah, it's going to go too good, and we're going to have to, we're going to lose him after one year. So. Uh, what are the odds that Flores, this defense continues to play as well as it is as it is now, builds to something that's clearly better than last year, and it means, well, that's it. He's going to be at the top of the list. See you later. And he's gone almost as soon as he got here. Well, I thought he was a good coach in Miami. And there's a lot of on-the-job training. I think he's a better coach now. I'm after stopping in Pittsburgh and coming here. What he has done with the personnel that we have, um, Hunter and Smith, that being veterans, elite players on the front end and back end, I believe are having elite years in his new scheme. And to see what he's doing, especially when we were injured and we didn't have the fire, it's different. You know, the Vikings, we get 28, 30 points a game, but no, not this team. No, this is totally different. These victories are led 
by the defense and their ability to be able to make plays and turn people over in critical situations and limit the big plays that we've given up. The last few years, my goodness, I mean, there's no lead safe. We give up so many big plays yeah. to see him be able to make that into a positive thing that we're doing. Yes, he is going to be a head coach again. He got a raw deal there in Miami. You can see his talent, but you can see his leadership. Grown men respect him, and he comes up with comparable game plans that I'm excited to watch him. I'm like, man, where are the guys coming from? Who's going to blitz now? Are they going to blitz him? No, they're going to drop out. No, they are going to blitz. Man, this guy's dropping into coverage, and they do different things week in and week out. I think it makes it exciting for the players he's coaching and the results that he's getting. That he's getting. They, they speak for themselves. So, yes, Vikings fans, <laughs> he will be a head coach again in the NFL. And what he did with the personnel, which you analyzed properly, um, we have maybe a little bit above average NFL personnel of the 32 defenses and what he's getting out of them in the league performance. He's a, he certainly energized Daniil. Again, that's been a big thing. Oh, and that's another, we'll talk about that next time. That's another contract issue that might be uh, complicated as well. Chris Carter is our guest. We want to remind folks that Chris will be at uh, the annual Rice Park Holiday uh, Tree Lighting Ceremony this Friday, along with Mayor Melvin Carter. It'll event. The event will start at 5.30 p.m., the Salvation Army Tree of Lights. And in addition, if you uh, can't make that event, uh, Chris will be at Shields in Eden Prairie on Sunday between 10 a.m. and noon as well. Uh, good luck. On Saturday. Excuse me. Did I say Sunday? Yes, yeah, Saturday. Sorry about that. Yeah, on Saturday. Uh, so two great events. Uh, you made it clear with us in earlier interviews how important Salvation Army was to you and your life. You continue to be committed to that very important bit. It's always great to catch up with you. Uh, I assume you're staying for the game, right? You're going to stay. Yes, I am going to be around for the game. But I want people to come out, bring their families out. It's a, it's a way for us to be able to celebrate the season with some peace, hope, and goodwill. And this is the beginning of the Red Kettle kickoff season. And the Red Kettles are a tremendous tradition with Salvation Army, over 130 years old. And it starts out with annually we raise more than $2 million to be able to help out distressed families with a lot of different needs in the Twin Cities area. So come out. Help us out. Make a donation. It's something you can be proud of. It's something that's been a part of Chris Carter's life since I was a little kid. So I'm trying to do the same for others. Thanks again, man. We appreciate it as always. Thanks for having me. Be good. Chris Carter helping us out. We're going to get a break in and uh, no rest for the weary. Luigi, Lou Nanny, will join right around the corner. A very busy and distinct. The fan. Well, she sneaks around the world from Vienna to Carolina. She's a sticky finger culture from Berlin down to Belize. Take you for a ride on a slow boat to China. Tell me where in the world is Lou Nanny. Off by Pajot. Boldy to Letary. He fires score! As Vinny Letary has his first goal in a wild sweater. Shoot the puck. Never a mistake. And that's what a play happened there. Boldy made a great play. Going around, seeing Vinny Letary open. Got it to him to the center of the ice. Screen in front. Really well set by Zuccarello. And that shot goes. 
and right in the corner. Goaltender did not see that. Excellent play. Favor to Boldy. Boldy to Letary. Letary in the net. So there it is. You want to see when you're... You want to get goals, you got to shoot the puck. It's funny how people press and forget to shoot the puck. Louis, I got to say, when you pass on, which is not going to be for like another 60 years, whenever that is... Shoot the puck is among the things. There's a lot of options to put on your tombstone. I think shoot the puck should be close to the top of the list. You've been preaching that. Do it with your, your, your blood, with your grandson. This is what you have preached on our show literally for decades that I think bugs you more than anything else about many, many would-be scorers, correct? That's so true, Dan. I it's funny you say that now because I'm in New York and I'm... Uh you know, in position tomorrow night while they're playing the Rangers. And I remember when Vinny signed with the Rangers right out of college. And he came here, and he was in training camp. And I came to the last exhibition game they had. I was doing business there, so I called Sailor. I said, I'll be in town. I'll come see the game. So before the game, I had dinner with Glenn Sather, who was president at the time. Jeff Gordon was their general manager and their Schoenfeld assistant and uh, Chris Jury, who's now the general manager, and myself. And I walked in the Madison 200 Club and sat down to dinner, and and Gordon, the general manager, started off. He says, uh, Louis Vinny's having a real good camp. He's playing very well, but, boy, he really shoots the puck a lot. I said, you know, Jeff, <laughs> I've been around hockey 50 years. I said, I've played, I've managed, I've coached, I've been a spectator. And not once, not once have I ever heard somebody say to me after the game, we shot the puck too much. <laughs> <laughs> I said, I've heard them say, we got to shoot more. Yeah. But not one person ever has said, we shot the puck too much. <laughs> and so that's the mantra, like you said, that I have and I keep. It was uh, brilliant last night. I mean, it was almost like you couldn't write the script. Um, they're down, I think uh, the Wild were down 2-1 at that point. I think that was the tying goal. In the game, while well, go on to win it four to two, and obviously you're doing uh, the Bally Sports uh, broadcast last night, and also you mentioned uh, tomorrow night as well. It's been in the in the works for a while. And meantime, you know they had just done a promo, I think between it's either before the game or between periods one and two, might have been both of your new documentary, which um, I mistakenly said was premiering last night. I think it had premiered the night before, but it was on again last night at 10 o'clock, and the part they used was the part about your grandkid, obviously, and you watching him from, uh, you know, the, the press box, the X. So it was almost as if, like I said, there's some, you know, hockey god director is going, well, this is, yeah, well, this has got to be the night that, that Vinny gets his first goal. I mean, you can't even make it up. Well, I, I didn't realize they were programming. Yeah. I get to see what their commercials are and stuff like that. But I'm glad they did. But you're right. It was it, it was unique. It was it was crazy. The crazy part about it was uh, I selected the game six weeks ago, which games I broadcast. Sure. Two were in New York and uh, Buffalo, and the next one's going to be in Florida and California in January. And uh, and I said to my daughter, uh, I said, you know. I'm going to be in New York six weeks from now to do those games. I says, I hope by that time that uh, Benny's got a call up and he's doing the game. I never had the opportunity <laughs> to broadcast any game that he played. And, you know, I had my son yeah. and my other two grandsons, uh, Louis and Tyler, but never Vinny. And I said, wouldn't it be fitting if that's when he, 
you know, is up there and I get to do the game. So it worked out perfectly. It absolutely worked out perfectly. More generally, give me your assessment of the uh, the, the team performance last night. The team is starting to play very, very well. They're starting to move their feet. They're very good now. They're aggressive on the forecheck. They're winning battles on the boards. They they had a little soft spot about the 10-minute mark of the first period and let, and let the Islanders take over the boards for about 10 minutes of that period, and that, that was it for the game. The, other than that, they, they were controlling pucks like they do when they're playing well. And... and more than that, they were they were better in their own zone, moving the puck out quicker. That, and as we'll probably talk about later, they've made two trades this afternoon. Yes, and and it was so funny because Tommy Reed and I, after the game, uh, we the team drove into Manhattan, so we're sitting in Manhattan, and and he and I went down as we all do together, it seems, and uh, closed our little lounge off together, just discussing the game. And I said, you know, there's, they got they got to make another move. They they need some size back there in defense. Mm-hmm. I I don't like you know a long term look at this defense without getting one more big physical defenseman. <laughs> Little did I know they did it today, which is really uh, now makes me even happier because I like the way the defense sets up right now, and uh, I I think that having that element to go along with what they've got right now. They've they've got a, a team I think that feels real good about themselves. Their 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 attitude, their confidence, their swagger right now is much different than it was the, uh, a week or ten days ago. Uh, as as Russo tweeted, basically the Wild earlier today traded uh, at Kalen Addison for Zach Bogosian. What they felt was an expendable power play guy for the need to get grittier and, as you mentioned, beefier. On the back end, $25,000 difference in salary. They get a draft pick from uh, San Jose one round higher than they traded, two rounds higher, I guess, than they traded to uh, Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay. Um, I want to leave it there, but I want to get a little more detail about what you know about this deal um, and these two players, one gone, one coming. And then we got a lot of other ground to cover as well. Uh, I want to include text, Bradshaw and Brian KFAN text line is 6 Four six eight six. We're going to get back on schedule. So a short break now. More with our guy Louie, brought to you by Kemp's in just a minute. But as I mentioned, questions for him, observations for him. Uh, I know a lot of you have already texted me about how cool they thought the the moment was last night. And I also want to hear from you if you've already watched the Louie documentary, which I think was extremely well done and has now I think run twice on uh, Bally. And I'm sure they're going to run it. Uh, I hope they run it several more times. As well. All that with more Luigi. KFAN, the fan. The fan and Tuma Truck want to give you a shot to put a grand in your hand at the National Cash Contest. There's still time at KFAN.com. Enter the keyword win. That is a win for this hour. KFAN.com. Keyword win. Off the puck out at the Boldy. Now Letary firing one. He scores! Vinny Letary's first goal with the Wild has tied this game in two. <laughs> with us via the Connecticut Water Systems Hotline. He is, uh, of course, with the Wild, still in uh, the greater New York City area as uh, as well. So as you alluded to before the pause, the uh, Wild make a couple of moves uh, here. Um, 
uh, Addison gone, Bogosian here. Give me a brief synopsis of Addison's run here and ultimately why you think that the team decided to go the direction it did, although it's obviously connected to the acquisition they made shortly thereafter getting Zach Bogosian. Well, I, uh, you know, I have to say, Addison is, is skilled offensively, but he's small and he's not, he's not the defensive, uh, stalwart in his own zone that you would like to have. He, he, he doesn't win puck battles enough on the boards. He doesn't block out guys enough in front for them. And I, and I, I, I knew his time was not going to be long here. And it was sort of an indication you could see. All summer long, the Wild never signed them till just before training camp. They were almost arbitration. They they just weren't going to sign them or pay any, right. any kind of money that they even thought the kid was going to get or he thought he'd get. So uh, I kind of think the handwriting was on his, on the wall unless he changed his play in his own defensive zone, which didn't. And uh, I kind of had a feeling two, three days ago uh, just hearing – Evanson talking about Mermis because the coat of Mermis has come up from the wild. I have a farm team in Iowa and really played a strong, solid defensive game for them since he's been there. And you got Goligoski that's hurt out there and you, and you also have Merrill. So uh, I was thinking, you know, I, I don't see this kid staying there. Uh, and, you know, one of the other guys will take his place. He won't even be in the lineup. But then when you were able to make a deal. Bogosian, uh, he, he was in Tampa, went back to went to Toronto, went back to Tampa. And this year at, at the end of training camp, they put him through waivers because they were going younger and and uh, maybe faster a little bit. But they were making a change to try and get a little more youth in their lineup. And so he was almost the odd man out there for, for a while. Yet he can play really play strong defensively. He makes his home in the Twin Cities in the summer. Mm. He's uh, you know he's from upstate New York originally. He's become very good friends with Kyle Rudolph too, and McDonough and my grandson Vinny. So <laughs> they, uh, I know a lot about him because I've been at some of their pizza parties that uh, Kyle Rudolph has. And and uh, even though he's building a house in Tampa, I knew he'd love to come back to Minnesota, but he wasn't a free agent to deal with him. But I think Minnesota liked what they saw. He's, you know, he's been in Tampa, won the cup. He's a very competitive guy. He's big, he's strong, and he's got size, and that's what I think the Wild were looking for. And so when they were able to make, you know, one deal and get a draft choice and essentially trade a draft choice back for him, it was easy to make. Uh, I want to get to a couple of texts that have come in, one of them involving uh, gopher hockey, which we've not probably talked enough of the last couple of times we've had you on. Uh, this texter writes, very uncharacteristic with so many penalties in the Gophers' first eight games. Last year, we were the least penalized team. It killed us against Wisconsin and hurt us against Duluth. Any thoughts there, Louie? Well, unfortunately, I haven't been able to get to gopher games because they've been, they yeah. haven't been on a Big Ten network earlier this year. And, uh, you know, I, I see some film of some of the play in that, but I haven't seen enough. But I will tell you this. I know that when you got a younger team, which they've had, they've had to make, you know, another few additions of younger guys coming in. And and when you're learning to play a stronger defensive game, many times, 
you're not used to it and you sort of cheat to get in a position or cheat to get pucks or not positioning yourself well you're you're going to draw penalties you're you're going to you're, you're going to get yourself some penalties and and I think that's what must be happening to him because you know they got speed and you know they got skill but uh you have to learn how to play the game when you when you're coming up from usually it's from junior but even high school a couple of these guys and you step into college hockey which is by the way really an excellent brand of hockey you, you have to learn how to check that that that's what makes you a complete player. That's how you eventually you get to be in the NHL. You can't be in the NHL just being an offensive player and not take anybody out. You won't last. And and it's something you got to learn. And, it, and and sometimes when you're younger and uh, you're not used to that, you're going to take unnecessary penalties because you're not positioning yourself properly. You're not checking them properly. You're, you're sort of cheating on, on trying to steal pucks, and that's what happens. Uh, thoughts, uh, Texter Paul wants to know on, on Ross, and I guess it's back to Rossi again. It went from Rossi to Rossi to Rossi and uh, Matt Boldy to this point. Well, I got to tell you, Rossi's been the biggest surprise to me. He has played so well. He has all of a sudden gone from one level to a completely different level because he's got confidence in what he's doing. What he's doing now is the playing the way he played in junior. When, when you win a scoring championship in junior, when you get as many points as he has, you know you're controlling the puck in that league. You know you feel that the puck is yours and you can do whatever you want with it. And he's playing with that kind of confidence. But more than that, he's playing with such good positioning when he's fighting for pucks along the boards. He's, he's not Kaprizov as far as winning battles on the boards. But he's getting to play that kind of way where he can go in with one and sometimes two guys and position himself so well to get a body in between that, those guys in the puck. And he comes up with the puck. And his whole game right now is just exuding the confidence and also intensity that I didn't know he was going to show. And he has been, to me, the biggest surprise of the team this year. And Boldy, uh, he's been off with that injury. And when you're off with an injury, it takes you time to get the skating yeah. and the hand skills going. And I think he's just a little ways away from being at the top of his game. He's he's not right now moving his feet as much as he should. And I think he, as he handles the puck more, he's going to handle it cleaner. Because he was off for quite a while there. And, and you don't just step right back in and be at the same level you were at when you went out. Uh, lastly, I, I don't know what kind of um, influence you have with your uh, your buddies over at Bally's, but there are a lot of people who are saying, God, I wish they'd put that documentary also on the website. Now, I assume they want people to watch via the network. Some people can't watch via the network, depending on where they are. So do you, do you have any knowledge of whether eventually, after it's been played a few times on Bally, whether they intend to put the doc on on the website, so people who can't quite get to the network will eventually have a chance to watch it? That's a good question, Dan. You know, they sent me a copy, and on the copy it says YouTube. So maybe it's on YouTube. Mm. All right, which, well. You know, why else would they put it? And right. In fact, when they, they sent me the original, they hadn't quite finished uh, some of the graphics and other things. And then I sent it out to some people, and my brother calls and says, hey, that. That copy I had, uh, he said it went away. 
And I so I went to look at my own, and it went away as well. <laughs> and so I called him, and I said, what happened to the copy? And he said, well, we're going through some stuff with YouTube right now. Yeah. We'll have it fixed. Okay. It's going to go back on. So apparently... Uh, it might be on YouTube. From we'll do some checking. Yeah, we'll do yeah. some checking here too and see it. Because I, I, eventually, I, I have a hunch they will make it available for people who are having some difficulty. It's definitely worth uh, every minute. It's very well done, as we've talked about a couple of times. Um, we're going to leave it there today. We're a little squeezed this week. We'll get you back on schedule uh, next week. Not in studio, I assume. You're not going to be back, or are you? I'll be in Hawaii next week. That's right. I forgot. That's that's that is that the Kona trip? Yeah, I, f- I should have known. Yeah. Uh, well, excellent work uh, on TV. We'll look forward to you on TV uh, tomorrow as well. Thanks, Luigi. Okay. Thanks, Dan. That's Lou Nanny who joins us weekly. Brought to you by Kemp's outstanding in studio guest. It's our old friend Mike Hurley, who's back in town. I think for a very specific reason. That will be among the subjects we discuss with him. We'll also get his his latest observations on uh, the Middle East situation as well, as we did the last time we had him on. Kessler is going to join by telephone today at 5.30. We're out early to get Vikings programming in, and on the flagship, the Minnesota Timberwolves will be on FM 100.3. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family vgw group no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus